coverage of Russia invading Ukraine is so difficult to miss but little eyes and ears at home are also picking up what's going on. Depending on your child's age you may want to be aware of what's okay to talk about and possibly what needs to be censored for them. At the end of the day kids of course watching TV too and many of you may remember seeing footage of a Russian tank driving over a Ukrainian passenger in his car and for some that was quite shocking to watch and we're joined this morning by Dr. Mary O'Kane, lecturer in psychology and early childhood education to uh, help us out with this. Good morning to you, Mary. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Do we really need to be so mindful then about what's broadcast, what's seen, what's heard on radio, for example? I know I'm getting very unusual questions at home myself uh, about all of this and the age of children with access to it. Well, that's exactly it, Joe. And it's funny... Yeah, I don't think any of us ever would have believed a few months ago that we would be in this situation today. Um, and we're struggling to comprehend what's going on. We certainly don't want to introduce the idea of war to our little ones. Um, so the thing I would say is try to limit news exposure in the home. However, you know, if, if we're honest, I think everybody is talking about Russia, Ukraine. And it's so possible that our children are going to hear... Even if you're limiting news in the home, they can hear from a child on the playground, they can hear from a friend down the road, they can overhear an adult conversation. Um, and as parents, very often we have our, the desire to completely shield them. You know, we want to protect them, and that's so natural. However, I think if your child has heard anything, it is really best to have the conversations. If we don't talk to them, we're leaving them to process really difficult information on their own. Mm. Uh, the tank incident, for example, that uh, I mentioned, although I should say, and this is the fog of war that goes on, you know, there have been suggestions since that that was actually a Ukrainian tank that went out of control um, uh, accidentally um, um, and caused that. And then there are others that say, no, that isn't the case. That's propaganda. And it was definitely a Russian tank. So there's all sorts of stuff going on here yeah. that makes it difficult for adults, not to mention children. But what yeah. impact could that image, and it was an awful image, uh, have on a young child when viewing it or after viewing it? Well, I suppose the most important thing for our for little ones, it's probably different across the ages. So for our little ones, we would hope to really protect them from images like that. However, if they if they have been exposed to something, it's talking to them about how they feel. Usually the younger ones relate everything back to themselves. So their main concern is this could be down the road for me, this will happen to my family, my family aren't safe, my friends aren't safe. So one of the important things for the younger children is to remind them that this is far away. Now, that's no disrespect to um, the families in Ukraine, but for young children, the knowledge that this is not going to happen to them tomorrow and to their own family helps reassure them. And for little ones, again, the normality of family life can help them. So it's about reminding them that when the world outside feels scary, we are their safe space. So keeping everything normal in terms of your family routines is sort of a source of, a source of comfort for them. For the older children, so say, for example, teenagers, some of them are getting their information from the likes of TikTok. And we need to be aware of that too. You know, 
talk to them about the fact that not everything they see on social media is necessarily accurate. And maybe talk to them about reputable sources of information, you know, if they want to learn more as teenagers. But again, really important that they come and talk to you. You They can process it with you rather than trying to process it alone. Right. We're chatting to uh, Dr. Mary O'Kane and uh, a listener says, uh, Sky News showed a live feed last night of an explosion with Ukrainians running from it and they were crying along with an eight or nine-year-old child who was in tears and frightened. It was awful to watch and I dived to change the channel as our 10-year-old was watching it uh, with us. Very sad yeah. and traumatising. And, and there's a great example. You know, it yeah. is all pervasive, this coverage at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, it's important in a situation like this, you need to give them the time and the space to talk about it. So again, talk to them about what they've seen. Talk to them about how they're feeling. It's how they're feeling is the most important thing. If they're feeling anxious, if they're feeling afraid, we need to normalise it. You know, that is absolutely normal to feel that. It can help to sort of counteract it as well. So if we if we say to them, look, you know, there are some things that are happening in the world that we are very worried about, but don't forget the helpers. Don't forget all the people that are working to change this, that are working to stop the war, the people who are protesting. So remind them of the good in the world, if you like. The good in the world outweighs the bad. And for young children, we need to be reminded of it. Right, that's really interesting. And someone said to me yesterday, it hadn't even occurred to me, that a lot of children in Ireland have been exposed to soldiers over the last couple of years at testing centres for COVID. That they were doing a lot of that testing and yeah. you know, would have been recognised as being different from the other testers or being in uniforms. And then you get into a whole debate with kids of a certain age about who who's good and who's bad and which soldiers are on the right side and which and our soldiers are good and their soldiers... And it, it, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Joe, that's a really interesting one. Because also, Ireland is a very multicultural country now. And for a lot of our children, they will have friends in school who may originally be from the Ukraine or their parents might be. They will have friends in school who may originally be from Russia or their parents might be. So again, it's having these conversations. And we want to be careful that we don't really generalize. You know, it's important to remind them that there are a lot of people from Russia who don't support these events, who don't support war. You know, most people in the world do not want to deliberately harm others. You know, and remind them, these children in Ukraine, the children in your class from Russia, the children in your class from Ukraine, there's more that binds us than separates us. You know, these children are just like them. And, you know, it's really interesting you should say that as well in terms of how people interpret these things, you know, adults and children and families living locally, because uh, we had a story on our website, we covered it on Live 95 News as well, about the Royal Moscow Ballet, which was due to perform this week at University Concert Hall in Limerick, and it was cancelled by UCH in solidarity with Ukraine. So it was fascinating to me to see some of the tagged reactions to that story on our Facebook page, including a a Russian woman who disagreed with that decision. And it just just shows you how connected we all are to relation to your earlier point. Yeah, oh, we really are. And it's funny for children as well, Joe, you know, they're hearing stuff like this, but it also makes them sometimes feel, is there anything I can do? You know, I'm a child. Is there something I can do to help? And that's another way we can support them. So we can say to them, look, 
all these things are taking place in the adult world, if you like. But don't feel helpless yourself. There's things you can do. You were just talking there about the vigil yesterday. Yes. You know, it could be lighting a candle in their home. It could be donating something to a charity that's taking stuff for children to Ukraine. Yes. You know, talk to your children about the fact that there's always something you can do to help. You're, you're never powerless. Even though you might be small, you know, all of us can do something to help in difficult situations. Yeah. But, you know, funny, I put a lot of advice up on, on social media, Joe. If people want to look at Facebook, it's Dr. Mary O'Kane. But and probably my most important message, really, is that the most important tool we have to support our children is ourselves. It's our relationship with them. You know, our time, our attention, our listening ear, our calm presence. You know, the, all that is what really matters to them at the moment and what makes a difference. Yeah. And Rachel has been in touch on 0861239595. You can WhatsApp or text that number. You can leave a voice note there as well, of course, to say her daughter asked why one country wanted to take over another country. And when it was explained to her, she said, there's no need for this. Do we give kids less credit sometimes than they deserve? Well, isn't that it? You sometimes, Joe, you think out of the mouths of babes. You know, I've heard adults describing this to children in terms of if you were trying to take all your friends' toys. You know, I'm trying to take all your toys and make them mine. And most young children were reacting going, no, that's wrong. You know, we know we shouldn't do that. Again, I, th- I think that listener is very right. We sometimes just don't give children the credit. They understand an awful lot more about fairness and humanity and kindness than maybe we realise. Yeah, we're chatting to Dr. Mary O'Kane, lecturer in psychology and early childhood education. The other thing that's concerning parents at the moment, and we're getting uh, this uh, here on, on the phone lines and, and WhatsApp and text as well, is the fact that our children have been through so much in the last two years with COVID-19. And, you know, that, yeah. that base level of anxiety that, frankly, has been in every house for different reasons, at different strengths, at different times. And they've been absorbing that. They've been trying to grapple with it. They've had so much of their uh, lives curtailed. And now they're just coming out of that and they're into this other really massive crisis. Yeah. And, and that, that has to be a, a worry, the constancy of the anxiety, Mary. Yeah, oh, now, in all honesty, Joe, it is. And you've hit the nail on the head. They've had two years living through a pandemic. I mean, as compared to us as adults, that's a tiny part of our lifetime. That's a huge part of the lifetime of a young child. So for so many of them, their belief that the world is a safe space has been rocked. It was already rocked. So as you say, they were coming out of it. And now their feelings of safety have been challenged again. I would say to parents, be very aware of changes in your children's mood, in their mood, of how they're, they're reacting. Spending time with them. Your time is probably the most important thing you can give to them. But things like mindfulness, there's so many mindfulness classes around. There's so much online in terms of mindfulness. Can really help young children. Just your breathing, maybe listening to music getting them outside, you know, to really think of their well-being because definitely levels of anxiety were high before this ever happened. Yeah. Uh, there are Ukrainian families here in Limerick. Indeed, we were talking to people with Limerick connections in Ukraine on this show only yesterday morning. Ukrainian children going to Limerick schools. Uh, we've heard of a man who's returned to Ukraine to help his country fight against Russia. So obviously this type of thing filters outside the home in classrooms uh, as well. And, and teaching your child to be sensitive to all of that, surroundings, trying to grapple with some of the conversations that will be happening you know, among six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, yeah. that's, that's a challenge. Oh, it is. 
I'm funny, I was contacted by teachers over the weekend asking, you, know, how do I bring this up in the classroom? And again, with, particularly with younger children, something as simple as getting a globe or getting a map and sitting and using something quite concrete so they can actually see it in front of them. Because we talk about Ukraine to a young child. That's, it's very abstract. It's very difficult for them to imagine, if you like. But if you sit and talk about is looking at a map that can help. And what I've, what I've said to teachers is, again, try and let children lead the questions. Be as honest as they can in responses to children. And it is okay, Joe, sometimes to say, we don't know what is going to happen. You know, this is confusing for everybody, but always come back to the good in the world. You know, our children need to feel hopeful. Um, and so it's really important to remind them of, as I said, all the helpers, you know, the fact that there are so many people trying to make this better, even at the government level. You know, there are you know, government ministers trying to work on changing this. Um, you know, the world is coming together. The world is united um, in the face of war. And they need to be reminded of that as well. You know, it's so important that they're aware of what's been taken to make this better, if you like. And finally, and you were talking about simplifying the message for yeah. uh, children. The other slight difficulty we all have is that, you know, People in Ukraine, they may have heard of Ireland, but it's very unlikely they've ever heard of the GPO 1916 or Bail Law. The mm-hmm. same thing applies to us, unless we happen to be Eastern European experts, which I'm certainly not, um, yeah. and understand the history and politics of what's going on. My point being that it's hard for us to understand uh, all of the complexities uh, here and then to try and simplify it for children, you know? Yeah. Not easy. It, it's, yeah, it's so hard, Joe. And as you say, most of us would not have had a good understanding of what was happening in Russia and Ukraine. We're learning. We're learning ourselves as we're listening to news reports, as we're listening to experts in the area. But I really think with children, particularly young children, it's keep it very simple. You know, there is you know, a leader of this country who wants to take land in another country. And that that analogy of toys can work with little ones. For older children, if it's teenagers and they really want to learn, say, let's sit together and let's actually try and learn about what's going on. So you're sitting together at the computer, looking up what's happening to learn a history. In fact, to be honest, Joe, so many of our secondary school teachers with their studying history in school may have a greater awareness of the implications of this than than very often we might do because they may have been talking about it in school but if, if they're interested try and learn together okay right complicated stuff but listen great advice this morning and, and we really appreciate it people as you say can follow you on your social media as well but thank you so much uh, for uh, such clarity there of advice that's dr mary o'kane lecturer in psychology and early childhood education i hope you found that helpful your views your news your limerick today with